one day, uh, this guy comes in, is an old guy. He came in on his nephew's back, uh, piggyback. And his foot is turned 180 degrees the wrong direction. Hmm. And it, Man. Yeah. And you can tell by the creases in the skin that it's been that way for a long time. And I can't believe that like, it still has vascularity. I can't believe that it's not gangrenous. Uh, I can't believe this guy's still alive, honestly. It's like healed like... Yeah. Oh, well, it, it didn't heal. Or yeah, it was complete non-union, you know. It was just it was just flopping. Oh. But it was turned the wrong direction. Oh. Yeah. And the dude was he was just living in pain. And uh so he'd been in a car accident like like it was either six months prior, or eight months prior. Holy jeez. Yeah. So he'd been he'd been living that way. For six months. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. And I I told, uh, I told his nephew that I, I couldn't help him because I didn't have any radiology with me. I didn't have any casting equipment, yeah. no X-Fix, nothing. And for those that don't know, 18 Deltas, we have that in tax sets. We, mm-hmm. we're, we're trained in basic radiology and casting and, you know, we can do an X-Fix in the field now, which was pretty new back then, but we, you know, we can do right. that, you know, tactical Nikita, just. <laughs> so uh, we didn't have any of that. I didn't have any of that up there. I was, I was living out of a couple of Contico boxes yeah. and, and a rucksack. And uh, so I told him he needed to go to Pakistan. And then the old guy who really wasn't doing a lot of talking at the time, he said something in Dari and I looked at my interpreter and he said, the interpreter goes, he says, can't you just cut it off? And I said, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, yes, yes, I could. Yes, I can. <laughs> We're <laughs> trained to do that also. But, I suppose. You know, yeah. yeah. The, the number of people that have actually done it are, do you Pretty think slim. that it was salvageable though? Oh, absolutely not. Mm. So, so it was amputation was going to happen no matter what. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you, just so you just save him a trip. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but keep in mind, I'm, I'm in a mud hut on a Pakistani border. I don't have, I don't even have plumbing. We literally have oh. a hole in the ground to yeah. shit in. I'm bathing in the river, which always had a crowd on the other side from the village. So you don't even have clean water. No. No clean water. No, I mean, bottled water, but mm. you know. So, yeah, you said your OR was a litter. Yeah, my, yeah. my OR is a litter on two litter stands. <laughs> Step into my office. Yeah. Which, just quick note for any medics or aspiring medics out there, when you call in your nine line under special equipment, always put replacement litter on there. Because if you don't, and put what kind of litter you want as mm-hmm. well, because if you don't, you're going to get, you're going to get either nothing or you're going to get some piece of shit that they were trying to get rid of at wherever they flew from. The broken Skedco. Yep. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. You'll, and you'll only make that mistake once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Back to the story. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> I tell the guy, I said, yeah, I can come back next Saturday. Because Saturday is a day that was a resupply days. Mm. And I needed to request a whole bunch of stuff to actually do this. Unless I was going to do it out of my M5 bag and my, my rucksack, which I was not going to do. Mm. Yeah. So I sent, I had higher med control at ABAD and I sent it up to him via data on the PIS-5. And uh, he writes back, he said, hey, I agree with your, your uh, prognosis and your plan. Um, no pressure, doc, but the time record for a BKA, a below the knee amputation in the Civil War is three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to set a new record. No pressure. <laughs> okay. I did not uh, set a new record. There was a lot of things that happened that prevented me from even getting close to that. But um, 
So I put in the, the med supply request and whatnot. And uh, next Saturday rolls around and my patient shows up on time, uh, you know, piggybacked and the ring flight has not shown up. Mm. And we don't know if it's going to, because sometimes they don't. You know, if they, if they take any fire coming up the Conar Valley, yeah, they'll just turn around. Uh, and sometimes the Apaches, their escort will get busy on the way up there mm. or it turns around. So sometimes we'd go a couple of weeks with no resupply. So I really had no idea if I was actually getting a resupply that day. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I had a couple of conventional medics that were up there working for me just because I was so busy doing medevacs. <laughs> it's like the subtle jack yeah, every yes. time. Yeah, like and subscribe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh so I told them to go grab the uh the sawzall blades from the 18 Charlie kit. The 18 Charlie's an SF engineer. Mm-hmm. Um and they looked at me like, You're gonna cut his leg off with a reciprocating saw? I'm like, Well, yeah. Why not? And that's what I got. So as they were going to do that, oh, and I told them to grab the blades and put them in my autoclave. My autoclave was not an actual autoclave. It was a plastic potato chip can that was filled with betadine. Cold <laughs> <Cold> sterilization. <laughs> Very sanitary. Yeah. Yeah. Like Sanitized. Old school Sanitized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So while they're going to do that, I hear the, the blades of the, the Chinook and it comes in and I go over to see and there's a box just for me. I'm like, yay. And it's got a, a bunch of, it's got like six months of magazines that I subscribed to early in the, <laughs> early in the war. Uh, there's a funny story about that too, but we get to that later. So, uh, and, and a bunch of med supplies, a bunch of class eight, get all that stuff inside. I'm going through it. I'm like, all right, I've got the giggly saw, which is, you know, just a a ring saw made for bones. And I got my extra anesthesia meds, extra ketamine, extra midazolam, enough, enough, uh, antibiotics to, for the entire province. You know, I'm, I'm good to go there. Uh, but I can't find any handles for the saw. And I didn't know it was an extra, it was, it's a completely separate NSN item. <laughs> you got to request them separately. <laughs> One would think if I need the saw, I probably need the handles, but yeah. no. Oh man. Yeah. So this is going, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at, you know, and they attach on, in there and I'm, I'm trying to think of what I could use and I'm thinking, well, keychain might work, but who has keys? Right. Yeah. It's no one's probably running right. around with <laughs> yeah. key rings anywhere. So I think, well, what else looks like a keychain? Grenades, grenade pins. So I grabbed the Marine Lieutenant and I said, tell your, tell your guys and, and the guard force that we're going to, I'm going to throw a couple grenades over the wall. Don't, don't fire, start firing at things and freak <laughs> out. And he goes, Roger that. Can I throw one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we went out there. Sure you can. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I think these may have been like the thermobarics, like the, the early thermobarics, because they, they, they didn't throw frags. I didn't want to throw a frag grenade. So where's the frag going to go? Yeah. I'm not trying to make more patients. Yeah. Back towards right? you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think in my early uh, naivety as a, as a boot green beret, I, I think I thought they were some kind of concussion grenade or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. It well, it hurt. Big black. I'm sure. Yeah. Big black grenade is what it was. <laughs> BBG. Yeah. Yeah. Proper acronym. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so we're, we're crouched behind the Hescos, which have dirt in now on the perimeter. That's a plus. Yeah. 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 And on three. And then we do the whole lethal weapon thing because you, it's obligatory. Yeah. Wait, wait, on three or right after three. <laughs> so I'm looking, I'm like, I'm starting to count one, 
hold the pin, keep the pin. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we chuck him over, boom, 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 boom. Freaks everybody out anyway, but we walk back and he's got the pin. I take the pins. I try to put them in the saw. I'm thinking, yeah, day saved. They don't fit. They're oh, too big. Fuck. They're too oh, big. man. So all that drama for nothing. I end up monkey gripping it anyway. So I've got my patient in pre-op on my porch <laughs> on the litter. Pre-op. And uh, if you go, if you scroll back in my, my Instagram, the ways back, you'll, you'll actually see my surgical team. Okay. They're wearing, one, one guy's wearing an army poncho. Uh, the Navy corpsmen are wearing trash bags. Um, <laughs> and I'm wearing uh, green army mechanic coveralls. And Just the most rigged up sanitary man. Yeah. So uh, we did so many medevacs out there that uh, I would usually just stand at the head of a litter and point at people and say, it's your turn to do the IV. Mm-hmm. Well, we went all the way around the table on this guy. Nobody could get an IV because he's made of dirt and leather. And uh, so I went to do a jug stick, which we, I hadn't actually done before. And no. You guys have done jug sticks before, right? Uh, no. no. No? No. Okay. So, but you've done you, an IV before, but- right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, you know, an IV, you get the flash chamber. Yep. And if you go through the vein, what happens? It, no. Oh, yeah. Nothing, right? Yeah. Like it just stops flowing in the flash chamber. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Or well. fill your arm with fluid or whatever. Right. So, on a jug stick, that's how you know have a good stick is there just a little bit of blood and then nothing. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd blown the vein. I thought I'd blown the jug vein because I'd never actually done them before. Yeah. But I've got to make it look like I know exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> keep the confidence of everybody around because we're deep in this now. And uh, I'm also, again, the highest level of medical care for three hours around. So it's important. Confidence is key. Confidence yeah. in you, right? Inside, I'm shitting my pants. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. So. Well, nothing's going right. Nothing at this is point going either. right. Yeah. Nothing is going right. Yeah. You get to throw uh, some grenades though. I, mean, I did get to throw some grenades. Before <laughs> surgery. Before, before surgery. Yeah. You just go ahead and knock your brain around. Standard with thermal. Yeah. <laughs> throw a couple grenades. Yeah. And then, you know, get busy. Yeah. We're going to have Dr. Scott back on so you can walk him through a proper pre-op. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but oh, yeah. So uh, I need to get an IV on this guy because otherwise all my anesthesia, fluids, everything else is going to be IM. Mm. Not, that's not... You, I we're worry. amputating a limb. Yeah. We, need, we need a line on this guy. And back then, uh, two lines, two large bore IVs was still standard part of trauma care. So that's really what I'm going for. And I don't have even one right now. Uh, so I have one of the corpsmen dig out uh, this new thing that's in my stomp bag called a fast one. And it was brand new, like with zero training on it. It just been sent down and I had two of them in my bag and I had them read the instructions to me while I was doing it. <laughs> and you guys have seen this, right? Oh, fast IO fast kit. Yeah, please so, explain. Fist size red handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a whole bunch of needles on one end of it and they're pressure sensitive. Yeah. And it just looks brutal. It looks like a weapon. It doesn't look like a medical tool. So the instructions are, and they're being read to me, uh, place on the sternal notch and apply firm, even pressure until you hear and feel an audible thunk. So I'm like, oh, I'm looking around. I'm like, that was audible. (laughs) (laughs) Directions are clear. Exciting. (laughs) So... You know, uh, pass, go at that station. It fires a needle into the guy's sternum and now we have an IO line and I've got normal saline running there with a piggyback of, of anesthesia mm-hmm. and 
He's I've I've put him down with ketamine. Okay. I am at this point, so he's he's down for the count. I didn't feel like making him a complete pin cushion. I think third IV attempt. I juiced him with some ketamine. <laughs> we move him into the OR, which was the Marine Lieutenant's room. I kicked him out and had had the guys put some plastic up. So it looks like if there was an Afghan version of Dexter. Dexter, yeah, exactly what it looks like. <laughs> and uh, I've got my my OR team in there. I've got one Navy corpsman that um, that's like my scrub bitch. I've got another one that's just kind of running back and forth. My assistant surgeon, a uh, guy named Mig, he was my 18 Charlie, mm. but he was a Navy corpsman in a past life, pre-SF. And, and he'd worked with force. So I thought he'd been through Sockham. He hadn't. You assumed. <laughs> he had not been through Sockham. <laughs> uh, he, he was good, but he didn't actually have any surgical experience. Okay. Other than suturing. Man, he could throw a pretty, a pretty stitch. So I assumed <laughs> he'd, he'd been through the same training that she had. And that comes into play <laughs> in a big way, uh, which is my fault, by the way, not his. Uh, and then my warrant, um, I'd given him basically a, a 10 minute class on running anesthesia, which yeah, eight years of medical uh, school or 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, <laughs> got the job done. It's about uh, the same. Yeah. Yeah. So no shit. There we are. No shit. No shit. <laughs> Afghani Dexter. Afghani Dexter room, operating room suite. For, also known as the PL's bedroom. <laughs> and uh, we've, uh, we've got my operating room team in there. Uh, same, same setup, two litter stands and a, and a, and a collapsible litter. Um, we've got them down with ketamine and dazlam and uh, a whole bunch of antibiotics. Mm. And uh, we go to make the mark on his leg because I'm going to do a below the knee amputation. And... Um, this is a little bit technical, but it's key to the story. So I make the mark on there with the surgical marker like this. So the apex is where I'm going to cut the bone. Okay. Where my hands are is where I cut the skin. And the whole reason for that is so I have enough tissue to cover the stump Hold when I'm done. Over. Yeah. It's called a shark bite. So I make that mark and I hand the marker to my assistant surgeon, also uh, the engineer, <laughs> and he makes his mark. And, um, I have one, my, my scrub bitch hand me a scalpel and I go to make that first incision. And as soon as the blade touches the patient's skin, he goes, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and he feels like, it. Oh my God. He may have, he may not have. So one thing they taught us in the 18 Delta course was a side effect of ketamine for the elderly is, uh, sex nightmares. And Afghanistan, oh. in Afghanistan, it could have been that his body reacted to pain because it's a disassociative, mm -hmm. not an actual uh, analgesic. Yeah. Or it could have been that he was remembered being a chai boy back in the day. We have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because he's unconscious. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I err on the side of let's go with, with he's feeling some pain. I just, you know, I have my warrant officer hand me, my warrant officer anesthesiologist hand me the 10 minute yes, briefing. Handing, yeah. Handing yeah. Syringe labeled lidocaine, please. Just juice up the, the so I've, and now he's got ketamine and a local. So I finished my incision. I hand the, the scalpel over to my assistant surgeon. Keep in mind, my incision's like this. Yep. He goes straight down. And I, I went, no. <laughs> oh, no. Because he goes straight down at the apex of my cut. Not down here, but up here. And uh, I know that is like, once, one more thing in this whole thing that is not going right. So we, uh, 
<laughs> I just decide that's something that we'll deal with later because we got a whole bunch of stuff to get through. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're cutting through all the tissue, everything else, getting to all these vessels. Mm-hmm. Well, this is another thing where I fucked up and I didn't actually make sure that Mig knew how to do exactly. We hadn't actually, we'd done medevacs and casvacs together. Sure. We'd mm-hmm. done even done minor suture jobs together, but we'd never actually done surgery together. So when you tie off a vessel, you want your partner to have those hemostats tips up mm-hmm. when you're tying it off by hand. Yeah. Right? He kept going tips down. So every time that I would tie a knot, it would just slip off both the hemostats right and, and the vessel. And uh, I'm getting a little frustrated. I'm not taking it out on anybody, but I'm getting frustrated. Mm. Uh, and the casualty is, the patient is starting to turn into a casualty because he's bleeding. He's bleeding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so again, new technology comes in and saves the day. Uh, I had these two of these little electric disposable cautery tools, which was amazing. Mm. You know, it's just, it, it looks like a big pen. It's a yeah. cautery, cautery pen, right? Mm-hmm. And any operating room suite would have one plugged in, you know, constant power and whatnot mm-hmm. with voltage regulated, everything else. And <laughs> a ground plate and you just zap it and everything's good and you can do it all day. I had these two and if one of them, the battery is dead in one, hopefully that one works, right? Yeah. yeah. So I take this thing out of the wrapper, never used it before and I'm, I touch it to a bleeder and whoosh, done. A little bit of smoke, a little wisp of smoke, but bleeding's done. Okay. Uh, except now the, this tiny Dexter room smells like barbecue. Oh, like, and, and we've been at it for a while and we're kind of hungry and it's a little unsettling that Human flesh is now making yeah. us all kind of hungry. Interesting. Nobody really yeah. wants to address that, but <laughs> yeah. everybody's thinking the same thing. But distinctively, yeah. you remember. Yes, I do remember that yeah. very much. Y'all, y'all feeling like brisket lately? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we get through all that and um, we get to the bone and I've got that giggly saw that I tried to do the grenade pins on or the, and it's not working. And looking back on the footage and knowing what I know now, if you see this on Instagram, uh, you can hold your comments or comment if you want, but it's a wonder I didn't break the saw because you need to have it open like this. I had it like this, just going to town. Oh man. And the hemis, I can't see the hemostats that are underneath on vessels still. And they're just swinging back and forth. The whole thing is just brutal. Ah. On the footage that you you can see on Instagram, their social distortion, just wailing in the background, like children not taught to hate. (laughs) It's just a brutal thing. That was my surgery mix from when I was in the Q course. So I was just playing on a CD player in the background. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> you can hear Mig go, hey, hang on, brother. And he just like holds him in his hand. He's like, okay, go ahead. Oh. And I've got like another, uh, another Corman just squirting IV. I'm like, water. Is that that? Uh, so it is, it is rigged. Yeah, it is going. just yeah. ghetto yeah. rigged to so, the T. Yep. So we get through the bone. Right. Yeah. Part of legs sitting here. Rest of the, the patients over here, and I squeeze all the tissue down, and I'm just—it's kind of like when you're trying to get a truck into a tight parking space, and you're just kind of trying to will it in there. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's just not working. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm trying to do with this tissue. Like I'm trying to make—I'm just trying to will that there's enough tissue to to make a to cover the stump. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just not working. It looks like a giant burrito. Oh no! And, so while I'm staring at this. Wondering what to do, Mig goes, well, what about that? Take some skin from the foot. That's exactly what it would, yeah. 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 I'm like, what? He goes, he's just kind of nods to the end of the litter. And the, the dude's leg from, you know, near the, the top of the, uh, the tib 
on down to the foot was just laying there. Yeah. And I went, uh. That'll yeah. work. Yeah. Band-aid so solution. Like I, the, the, the OR staff just hold the leg up while I made a big old slice around his calf. No shit. And I, I flayed the amputated leg. And now I've got this big old flap of screen. I'm, I'm the only guy in my family that's not a general contractor. So I've been raised at an early age of, you know, measure twice, cut once. Yeah. So, yeah. So I made sure I had extra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I didn't want to have a mishap of what just happened, right? So uh, I picked that up, and I'm wearing surgical gloves, and I'm, I'm holding super tight because I do not want to drop this. This is of utmost importance. I do not drop the skin. I can't make more skin. Yeah. So I'm, I'm bringing it over. I'm holding it super tight, and I'm holding skin that has it's it's fatty underneath, right? Yeah, so it's slippery it's and really slippery and yeah. I'm holding it in surgical gloves. Oh no. Really really tight. And as I'm bringing it over here to match it up, it I, I feel it squeeze out of my hands and it goes straight up in the air. Ugh. And everyone goes oh, and then it hits the ground. Oh, and everyone goes no. oh. <laughs> God. And before anybody could say anything, I said, five second rule. <laughs> did you just like rinse it off with water, saline? Yeah, I, and- I said, five second rule. And everybody's like, what? And I picked it up and uh, I had one of my guys bring in this aluminum bowl that I'd stolen from our local mechanic. It was a drip pan. And uh, <laughs> I had it filled up with betadine and I washed it off in betadine. Let somebody rinse it with normal saline. And Good going along new. with the food motif, I said, you know what? This looks exactly like teriyaki chicken. <laughs> uh, I was hungry at that point. My goodness. <laughs> so, yeah. At this point, the, I'm starving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I rinse the betadine off and I bring it over a little more careful, a little looser grip this time. Mm. And I tack one corner of it on. And uh, I, I trimmed the fit a little bit. And uh, if you look at the photos on this, it looks like the worst suture job ever. It looks like they had... Haitians training to make baseballs. They weren't quite there yet. <laughs> yeah. It's because I let everybody that was in there that was an actual medic throw like three or four sutures. Just oh, you get on <laughs> just in to here. get to good practice. Just like, here, you get in here. You, you were part of this. So we put a drain in there. And um, big relief, right? We've mm-hmm. got this. Ooh, he's all sewn up. The leg's right there. Well, the leg is right there. There's a window behind me to the PL's room. And there's a bunch of 0311s that are watching over my shoulder as I'm cutting this dude's leg off. Uh-huh. And while that leg was sitting there, I heard one of them say, <laughs> I heard one Marine say to another Marine, bro, we should give that leg to the dog. <laughs> uh, I didn't address that. But once, once we we're actually done sewing this guy up, I, I said to uh, one of the dudes that was in, on my team, I said, hey, grab that leg go out to the LZ under the cover of darkness and bury it. I yeah. don't want, we've got, we have just as many indige in this camp as we do. Americans, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And even if we didn't, it just, it doesn't really look good when your camp dog is carrying around a human leg. Yeah. 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 Absolutely you not. Know, I'm sure 0311s are all about it, but you know, eh, yeah. a little Make, bit of decorum in our, in our war, yes. you know? <laughs> So tiny bit. Yeah. So (laughs) one of the dudes out there and they're not, it's like burying this, this leg. Meanwhile, I have my, my patient in Mm post-op, which is the same area as pre-op. Yeah. And the sun has gone down and I need to get him out because this camp is under construction. We don't have any inpatient at all. If you don't, if you're not part of our fighting force, you're out, you're out at undercover darkness. Okay. Especially since our militia didn't have nods. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So my captain is like, hey, doc, we need to get him out. Hurry up. Well, the problem with the fast one is a lot of more cross-threaded. And I oh. don't have any prior experience with this thing. So I'm trying for like 45 minutes. Everybody else is eating food and slapping hands and recounting the, the, the tales of the day. And I'm sweating bullets over this guy. I keep giving him little bumps of ketamine to keep him down because I'm trying to get this needle out of his chest. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. It's just stuck and in there. There's a, there's a removal tool that comes with it, right? So after about 45 minutes of thinking I'm just too fucked up and I don't know righty-tighty from lefty-loosey, I, I open the only other one I have, take out the removal tool, and it goes right in and I pop him out. Like, God damn. That was a big problem <laughs> yeah. with fast one kids back in the day. Yeah. It was a huge problem. Um, to, to the extent that Womack army hospital at Fort Bragg asked the 18 Delta schoolhouse to stop doing them because you'd have 18 Deltas and other soft medics that were going through refresher. They were doing this on each other and they'd have to go down to Womack to get it surgically to removed. Get it removed. <laughs> <laughs> the removal kids were all fucked oh, up. Oh man. Yeah. So I kick him out. Big, big relief. I got through it. Definitely wasn't three minutes. It was closer to three and a half hours. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Start to finish. Uh, he comes back the next day, changes dressing. I'm looking at it. No issues. Take his drain out because that's only supposed to be in for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, give him even more meds. Because um, why not? I'm yeah. Him. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I see him every day for about a week. And then, um, and then it gets sparser after that. And I think the last time I saw him was like two and a half weeks post-op. And the, the skin that I'd sewn on there had turned black. Oh no. It didn't stink. There was, it wasn't pussy. There was no actual sign of infection. He didn't have a fever, you know, no swollen lymph nodes, nothing that you would indicate they had a fever, but Hmm. the skin had turned black. And I was a little concerned about that. Yeah. So about a week later, I get a surprise visit from the siege of command team and the siege of surgeon had come with him. And uh, I kind of pull him aside while everybody's smoking cigars on, in, on my uh, pre-op sl- slash patio area. Mm-hmm. And I pull him aside and I tell him, start to finish everything, to include dropping the skin on the ground, everything. Oh, else. man. Yeah, I'm not holding back. I'm like... And his reactions? He's smoking a pipe. He goes, hmm, you did a, so you did a free flap graft. And I was like... <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, quite. Yes. 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 <laughs> Indubitably, sir. <laughs> well, of course well, I did. Of course I did. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they taught you at Harvard, but I was Yaley's. <laughs> I'm an Oxford man. <laughs> so he said, it's no issue. I mean, that skin's going to slough off, but all you need to do is tack some sterile filth to the top and bottom, do a tension suture, and it'll, the, the viable tissue will close up over eventually. I'm like, yes, hmm. I don't have any of that. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'll get you some. So I was a little relieved, but uh, that resupply never came. And uh, we punched out of there in the summer and uh, I had another casualty that left with me. Uh, so I was a little distracted. Uh, in fact, I think I was in the middle of doing an amputation with one of my classmates that ripped out with me. Another we were, amputation. I think we were cutting off somebody's finger in his OR suite that had actually been built. We doubled the size of our, of our fob essentially so two teams could be there. And he okay. actually had a dedicated clinic room and I'm in there helping him do a surgery <clears throat> when I hear I mean we're all packed up and I hear the helicopter come in yeah and I go I just I was like see you Rob <laughs> he's like he's like <laughs> middle of surgery like later dude yeah I'm so out. I was a little distracted but when I got back to Bagram and I'm you know I'm 
clearing out all my controlled meds and whatnot, getting ready to leave the country. And I'm talking to this, uh, I'm talking to this doc there and I'm telling him everything that happened and how I didn't get the sterile felt. I'm worried about this guy. And he goes, let me ask you something. And this guy is salty. He's been, he's been around. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And uh, he goes, let me ask you something. But it was, uh, was he alive when you left? I said, yeah. He goes, collapsing on the shoulder. He goes, good job, doc. Okay, I guess that's ditch medicine. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's where <laughs> works. That is, yeah. man. So, so most of these guys' response to this was just like, "Yeah, it'll be okay." Well, yeah, because they they were longtime practitioners of ditch medicine. Even though we hadn't been in Afghanistan that long, mm-hmm. you know, they've they've been to third world countries, developing nations, mm-hmm. med yeah. camps, and whatnot. Probably got written up by Doctors Without Frontiers somewhere, you know. <laughs> Doctors without frontiers. <laughs> frontiers. Oh man, that 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 is an insane story. Yeah, that is an insane yeah. Yeah. story. So there's some lessons learned out of that. I mean, uh, I would probably so. the best lessons learned from that. Yeah, and and honestly, I would say the best lesson for me out of that was really goes in. It, it's it's not just for medics. It's really anybody, any leader anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. If you're if you're doing some sort of operation, I don't just mean, I don't mean like. A surgical operation, yeah. I mean, like a tactical operation, mm-hmm. it, it's right there in troop leading procedures. You know, it's just medics don't really think about it. You got to conduct rehearsals. Yeah. If I had conducted rehearsals prior to actually putting this guy under and handing somebody the knife and everything else, probably wouldn't have had the whole five second rule, and it wouldn't have made for as cool a story. You know, but that's true. Uh, the the best lessons are through failure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's why I'm going my fourth marriage. You know. <laughs> well, that sounds like a personal problem. But the other <laughs> five second rule, the five yeah. second rule. I mean, you couldn't even account for that though, because you didn't know how that cut was going to go. So, right. you know, just I'd never seen anybody cut differently than that. So there was just a lot of assumptions in there. Yeah, well, that probably made you a better practitioner overall. And a- yeah, I mean, the next ten legs I cut off in a mud hut. In a combat zone, I mean, it went pretty smooth. How many amputations have you performed? That's it. Just that one. Okay. And, and the one I walked out on. And, the, and half a Oh, finger. so two. Yeah, we'll call it one and a half. Yeah, one and a half. <laughs> one and a half. <laughs> one one and big half. one and Which half is, a tiny one. for just an SF medic, is one and a half more than you probably should have ever been involved in. I mean, that, that's, that's, a, that's a point of view. Yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, from from what I could hear from this story, definitely. Yeah. So when I, I definitely got some dirty looks from some licensed practitioners back at the schoolhouse because this ended up people didn't most people didn't know in the community that I that I did this. Some of my classmates did. Mm-hmm. And I got recruited um I won't say heavily, but I, I was recruited by name by, you know, some SMUs. And I think this had something to do with it. But uh, willing to take risks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We like the cut of your jib. <laughs> Join the A team. Uh, Adaptability under fire. <laughs> but I remember uh, I was back, I was at Sockmas a, a few years later doing a refresher, and um, somebody that was an instructor there said, Hey, this is the medic that, that did that. Uh, BKA, the balloon and the amputation. And this guy that was a, he was a gray haired PA. He was kind of young, fit, but it, he looked at me the same way that uh, some paratrooper that against his will got stuck at Fort Hood. When I was in the SF, after I'd been through selection, I got 
I got uh, attached to the SF recruiting detachment mm-hmm. and we just worked out and whatnot. But to recruit people, we wore maroon berets. We wore the airborne beret. Nobody told us how to wear them. And I was wearing mine over the wrong eye. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we're wearing khaki shorts, right? With SFAS t-shirts. And, and jungle, which boots. is perfect because now, now it's just like kind of. I remember I saluted this warrant officer when I, I'm all just completely fucked up, and I saluted him, and he just looked at me like, and didn't even salute <laughs> me back. Didn't salute That's you exactly back. how this PA looked at me in the schoolhouse when he found out I was the guy that did the blow the yeah. update. He's like, yeah, well, that there was, was you, no like, huh? No. There's it was just like. Disgust. Just disgust. Yeah, you know, but was it disgust because he was a physician or was it disgust? PA. It was a PA. I'm sorry. Is that why it was disgust though? Because he's just like, that's, that's real man's work. No, I you have to be an officer. Because one, he was a long tabber. And uh, I, I feel comfortable in saying this because they're my people. Uh, we are a bunch of mean girls hmm. and we eat our own. We're just ruthless on each other. Yeah. And when you get into the medicine world, it's a, it's a microcosm of, of that click where yeah. on Wednesdays we were black, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think that's what it was. There might've also been an element of him imagining how this actually played out. And it's a bunch of enlisted dudes standing around in a room yeah. with no equipment. Who are like, <laughs> yeah, you can run anesthesia and then uh, we'll make these cuts together and everyone gets a stitch. Here's my right. hat yeah. and we're going to go ahead and drop names yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, you're hitting a, you're hitting us. That's kind of how the IV went. You and know? That's, yeah. <laughs> and that's, your, your sutures, uh, your... It's just a bunch uh, of enlisted dudes standing around like, we're going to... You guys think it's a good idea to take this guy's leg off? Like, we got nothing else to the do. The guy's like, feed the dog! Feed the dog! <laughs> feed the dog! <laughs> yeah. Because those are the type of suggestions that will get presented. If there was a doctor there, a surgeon performing this amputation, your guys aren't going to be like, you should take this foot and give it to the dog. Like that's not going to be suggested. Who knows, man? Marines are dirty. Well, we just got to get feedback from Dr. Scott. You know, we got to get feedback on what he thinks on this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's our our assigned medevac podcast doc. So We need to do a a Vets React to to Tears Surgical. I know. Tears Surgery. (laughs) This is wild, man. We'll just have him like double in and he'll pause the video it can provide some input on yeah. this is oh, how we should normally like a director's go. cut yeah director's yeah. cut some commentary yeah. turn it into a series of reels yep yeah. that's me yeah. you're probably wondering <laughs> man and and that we just touched on you know your first deployment that's my first deployment <laughs> yeah I feel like there's a few more stories tucked away in there somewhere yeah, yeah. Give, give us one more of your favorite story I know you've got a couple to you gotta uh, have Pick a country. Oh, well, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, the United States. Let's fast no. forward to Baghdad a few years later. Uh, I think this was 07. Yeah, it's 2007. We had, um, I was working for the, uh, the artist formerly known as Blackwater at the time. Mm-hmm. I was a medic for the State Department. And uh, we had IDF, um, which is normal, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it's sunny with a, Chance of rockets. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but the rockets usually came in pairs because they were being remotely fired mm-hmm. and they're on timers and they, they usually came in um, right after prayer. Timers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's fairly predictable. And you guys knew where the point of origin typically was, but I'm with the State Department in Baghdad. It's not like I can do anything about it. Mm-hmm. I think 10th Group was handling that at the time. God bless them. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. 
Um, so I'm watching a video, I'm watching Mr. Deeds for like the 10th time with, with one of my best friends, Q. Uh, and we, uh, we always watched it in my room cause I, my chew was on the ground floor and sandbagged. Mm. He lived on an upper deck chew and he was not very comfortable with spall going, <laughs> ripping through the, <laughs> the tin can of his bedroom. That's fair. So sometimes it was summer loves surge and whatnot. So he, he actually slept on my floor quite a bit. I don't blame the guy yeah. at all for yeah. that. So we're, we're, we're just getting into Mr. Deeds again. And, uh, the, uh, the duck and cover alarm goes off and, uh, he's, we're in the middle of making popcorn and, uh, and the shoes, they were divided. So the, the microwave was like right outside the bathroom between the two rooms. Yeah. And as soon as the duck and cover goes off, he's got the remote control and the popcorn and he goes fucking hauling ass to the bunker, which is maybe like 20 yards from my room. And, uh, I get, I get low and flat because I'm not a big fan of, uh, if it's my time, it's my time. I just don't subscribe to that. I, I can't because I'm a medic. Mm-hmm. Like, what's my job? If it's your time, why am I here? Yeah. yeah. I remember actually yelling that to somebody that was standing on a catwalk well, during a rocket attack. He's like, it's my time. It's my time. Or I'm like, good. Fuck me then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you bleed out then. How about that? <laughs> so. God. Uh, he goes hauling ass and there's, there's two impacts as per SOP, mm-hmm. right? And they fly over the camp. They hit Fob Blackhawk behind us. And uh, I'm standing in the doorway in my flip-flops. I'm like, Q, come back. You've got the remote. <laughs> we can't, I can't start the movie. And right when I said that, boom, I mean, shakes the whole ground. I knew it was a near impact. And uh, I grabbed my, uh, my CLS bag that I always kept by the door. And I just go run past. Q and I met playing rugby against each other. He was at Lejeune and I was a brag. Mm. And uh, now we're on the same team in the State Department. And I went running by him just like we were playing rugby. And I go past that duck and cover him. I'm like, Q, come with me. And he comes tearing off and he's right off, just like I'm going to toss him the ball. But uh, he, he comes out of the bunker and we're running down the, the breezeway. And it looks like a scene out of a movie. There's just smoke everywhere. It's chaos. People are running back and forth. And I get down to right like within feet of where the rocket impacted. And uh, people are like legit firemen carrying people from from the rooms. And I just grabbed the first casualty. I said, put him down right here. And I started doing an assessment. And uh, the guy had, he just had shrapnel all, you know, he was like Skyping his wife or something. I hope it was just, you know, you know, his pants were up. So that's good. But uh, he was just, just peppered. Yeah, just peppered. And he was, he was still conscious, but he was a little out of it. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm doing this head to assessment. And um, I'm, this is the first time I've ever actually had to stick my finger in every little hole, you know, to, to see if that's actually some, some sucking chest wound. Yeah. Well, I had another medic come up and I think he was just, I think he was just an EMT from the States, but maybe he was a former cop or something. I'm not really sure. But this guy had a duct tape fetish. He just kept saying, hey, we got to put duct tape over each one of these. And this guy had <laughs> a pillow of chest hair. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> just stop it. Yeah. We're not doing yeah. this. Uh, and um, I asked Q, I'm like, Hey, we need a, we need to get a, grab a litter. And Q was standing there and he still got the remote control and the bag of popcorn. He's like, ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets a litter and we put him on the spine board because uh, another rocket came in 
Uh, and like, while, while I'm working on him, I remember laying on this guy's just flew low overhead. Oh. And that one hit behind. I think it hit the parking lot behind us. We're like, fuck, this is, this is intense. Like, yeah. this is the most intense carinder fire I've, I've done up to this point. Actually, since as well. Yeah. Wow. I've never had a rocket fly right over my head while I'm working on somebody. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm covering them up and I'm like, hey, we need to get them to cover. And this is duct tape dude's like, yeah, let's, we don't have any litter straps. He's like, let's duct tape them to the board. I'm like, stop it. <laughs> stop it with the duct tape. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just make sure it doesn't fall off. Like, it's all I've got. So we pick Man. them up and it's pitch black. And I get in, we had to turn this tight corner to get into the, the, the bunker because, you know, that's, that's how it's designed. Yeah. So shrapnel can't get in there. And that thing was full up with people. And I'll never forget another medic buddy of mine, Chuck. He was a paramedic from Atlanta. He was at the far end and uh, it, there was no room for us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we're carrying baby Jesus to the, to the end. <laughs> and I, I'll never forget. He, I said, Hey, we need some room boys. And he just, he just tapped like three dudes and left the bunker. That was, that was pretty cool. That yeah. was, that was very medic of him. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so we got him in there and eventually the incoming stopped and we threw him in a bear cat and got him down to the cache. He did have some shrapnel in his brain, but he was back in country like a month and a half later. Still, oh, wow. Still with shrapnel. Like, Right there. Damn, that's insane. That yeah. is insane stuff. Yeah. No second chest wound though? Or? No second chest wound. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'd probably due to the chest hair, I think. I yeah. think that's what's yeah. saved him. You know, being yeah. a man. Just being a man. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah. Didn't get any duct tape on him though, huh? No duct tape. <sighs> Not needed. <No>. Yep. <laughs> Don't need a 40-year-old virgin and while he's covered in shrapnel. That was the man. first of two uh, medevacs that I did. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's an incredible in story, man. In flip-flops. In flip-flops. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it takes a, takes a special kind of character, you know, to be, to be uh, you know, in the medical field, in the military. You some know. weirdos. Some weirdos, mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. And I'm proud to be among them, I guess, but most yeah. of the time. Leading them now. Yeah. <laughs> Leading yeah. them now, man. Middle management. Middle well, management. Fantastic stuff. And it's, it's amazing having you, uh, you're still serving, you know, which is yeah. incredible, but... You mentioned Instagram. Where else can we find you? Uh, Instagram, I'm Red Leader Standing By. Twitter, I'm Mr. Charlie Martell. Mm. Uh, and I occasionally write for Coffee or Die. So you can find me under there under one or one of those names, whatever they publish me under. <laughs> one of the pseudonyms. <laughs> yeah, Sinek or Charlie Martell, one of them. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing stuff, man. Well, thanks so much for for coming on the show. Uh, yeah. I'm sure we could talk for hours and hours more about yeah, but these there's a few more stories. stories. There's, there's a few. Yeah. You know, we'll to our guests out there, time. we might have to bring you back on. You know, yeah. you know, yeah. right think on. about Instagram. some good story. Perfect. Perfect. Like yeah. and subscribe. Yes. yes, comment below. Basically, what he said. This has been the Medevac Podcast. Uh, if you got something out of today's episode, please share it with a friend or family member and. Uh, let us know who you want to hear from next. Ask lots of questions. Yeah. Because there's lots of questions that need to be asked, I think. <laughs> and answered. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.